I believe that there's something that the Lord wants us to know from being Father's Day, and so let's look at the scripture today. There's so many preconceived notions, and we see 119 times in the scriptures that God is related to us, those of us that follow Jesus, as our Father. We see that he says it over and over and over again. In fact, it's pretty uncommon, if you think about it, for us to think of a God like who he is at a personal level. That didn't make a lot of sense until Jesus came. Jesus brought God from all of his power and his, and his amazingness and brought it into a relationship that we can interact with and see. And I believe there are present-day implications of the fact that we have a Father in common. And so I wanted to talk about those. In the Lord's Prayer, we see one thing really specific. We see that Jesus teaches his disciples that God, to call God our Father. We see that he's our, he's our Father in heaven. We see that if God were your Father, you would love me, for I came from God. You are of you have your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. We see that in John 8. We see that God is the only father of those, is only father of those who are led by the Spirit of His Son in Romans 8, 9, and 14. Paul says that not everyone can lay claim to the privilege of knowing God as Father, only those who are born of God, John 1, 13, who receive Christ, John 1, 12, and who are led by the Spirit, Romans 8, 14 then they have the right to receive the inheritance of the children promises like Matthew 7:11. And we see these promises that are committed to those that have given their life to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. 119 verses, God the Father. We see 59 commands in the New Testament alone. That's not counting duplicates of how we are to act with one another. If God is our Father, then that means look around. Those that are surrendered to Jesus, which is most of you here, you are brothers and sisters. That means that there are serious implications on how we treat each other. In fact, if you look at scripture in siblings, we don't see the best of examples. We see Cain and Abel. That didn't go well. It was the first murder. See Jacob and Esau, who were at odds the entire time, losing their birthright through, through soup. We see Joseph's brother selling him into slavery. We even see Martha and Mary struggling and having some dissension. We see across the board that from the very beginning, siblings have struggled. My bet is a lot of you have struggling relationships with your very born, given brothers or sisters. You've fought, you've wrestled, some of you have great relationships. The one big difference is that if God is our Father, then He's commanded us to treat each other not like we see this. He's commanded us to treat each other not like Cain and Abel. In fact, 59 other commands on how we are to love each other. And what I wanted to hit today very shortly because of the rain and the weather, what I want to hit here is that there are some things that we should be considering as believers of Jesus on how we treat one another. Even some of the ways you've maybe treated someone up here because you're tired or uncomfortable. Maybe it's someone that you thought of before you took communion on Friday night, but you haven't reconciled that. James teaches that we are to show no partiality. Yes, he's talking about rich and poor, but I think a lot of times as brothers and sisters, we think it's okay to show partiality meaning treat one person better because of what they'll give us versus recognizing the command of how we are to treat one another in spite of that. We've all heard the story of the Good Samaritan, who our brother is. 1 John 2.10 says, Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, remains in the light. The light is the Father's light through Jesus Christ. If you love your brother or sister, you abide in that. In him, there is no cause for stumbling. I don't know about you, but I feel like I have a lot of causes for stumbles in my life. Maybe the same would be true of you if you're treating your brother differently. Romans 12.5 says, So we, speaking to believers, though many, there are many of us here, we are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. You know what that means? We're stuck together. 
That means that we rely on each other. So when we're struggling, we don't go, oh, I don't want to be a burden. We say, hey, I need another hand. We say, hey, I need help. My marriage is falling apart. My kids are running away. I'm depressed. I'm full of anxiety. I've seen you guys do this. For those that have even lost fathers recently, we are meant to get messy together. And that's not just wet. But we're meant to get messy together. God has put us together so that we can care for one another. we got to drop this whole, I don't want to be a burden. You guys have heard me say this before. I'm pretty sure that God wants us to be a burden because we're to bear one another's burdens. 1 John 4.20 says, If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. Now, I know what you're thinking. I don't hate anyone. I just don't like him. He goes on here, though, and he makes this even worse than hate. He says, For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. So if you are not loving your brother, you're just disliking them, how are you going to love a God that is not seen when he's trying to show himself through the members of one body? John 13, 34 through 35 says this. Jesus does the most provocative thing. He says, I give you a new commandment in a time when commandments were sacred. And he says, this is, I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. There's our standard. So if you're like, I don't like someone, I don't treat them that well, is it just how Jesus has done it for you? Because that's the standard we are to live at. That's how we are to work together. You are also to love one another by this. Here it is, guys, by this. All people, not some, all people, your brothers, your family members, your aunts, your uncles, your neighbors, those that don't know Jesus, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Here are a few principles that I want us as a community to work on. And our relationship, first, that we are to love others in the way that reflects an agape love, the true love that Christ calls us to. We see that in John, 1 John 4. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God. So if you aren't loving, the question is, have you been born of God? Everyone who loves one another has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. You've been born of Christ, that means you've been born of love. Love should be given freely. Not, oh, I don't want to bother them. I don't want it to be too weird. I need to mask it in sarcasm because I don't want to get uncomfortable. Love should be a free-flowing thing for all of us. Second thing is that we are to show kindness to each other, treating those around us the way that we want to be treated. We see that in Ephesians 4, 32 and Luke 6, 31. This means that we should not only respond gracefully in the face of our brothers and sisters, but that we'd also go out of the way to serve each other. How can you serve one another? When John was talking about persecution a couple weeks ago in Hebrews, I was perplexed with the thought, if it went to martial law, how quick we'd be to secure our own stuff before we'd help someone else. And I think that God wants us to be a believers, a people that, that would be running to persecution if it meant it was being with one of our brothers and sisters. Last thing Paul instructed us, he says, believers, live at peace with everyone. Now this is an interesting word because Jesus Christ is peace. And so if you're like, well, I'm not at I'm not at discord with anyone. I just don't like being around them. Would that be Jesus' peace? And I say this because I've heard a lot of murmurs from time to time about our frustrations with people. Let me say this really quickly. You will frustrate each other. But frustration is not a fruit of the Spirit. Gentleness, kindness, and patience is. So you saying, well, I'm not going to rock the boat. I'm just going to live in frustration. But I won't think any differently of that person is not the love that God commands of us. It's not the love that you've been born into through Jesus Christ's blood. So I want to give you guys a, a chance to risk faith. 
I want you to have faith in God that he can restore relationships that are broken. I want you to have faith in God to say it one more time in loving, gentle, kindness, truth to the person that you're struggling with. I want you to have faith that says, I am not going to be in discord with any of my brothers and sisters because they are part of my very own body. How can you lead in this? How can you step out in faith and be vulnerable and be kind? Seek unity and peace. Whether you like it or not, you're going to be worshiping with each other for eternity. So he's given us this very vapor of a life to spend time loving each other, to show this world what it means to be born of Christ. We become children of God through Christ. Matthew 3.16 says, And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and God descended like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Romans 6, 3 through 4 says, Do you not know that all who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by the baptism and death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in a newness of life. When we submit our lives to Jesus Christ, we go into death in his likeness and we rise into life with him. That changes the way we live. That changes the way we see God as our Father. Guys, it is an absolute honor have God as a father especially with me being a dad an imperfect dad I need a God like father and we have that we have that together in just a second we're gonna do a couple baptisms I'm praising God that there's no lightning only rain but what I wanted to do real quickly on a day like this there's all sorts of different emotions going on and even as I've talked right now about discord or disunity as your brothers and sisters some of you right now you need to walk out Go into some other spot, make a phone call, send a text, and say, hey, I need to get together with you. I need to confess why I'm, why I'm upset. Not what you did, but how I've done something wrong. But what I wanted to do in just a second, we're going to take Billy and Tassie, and we're going to go get wet in that lake down there and baptize them. They're going to share a little bit up here probably so that no one freezes. You guys can watch from far or come down and get wet with us. But before I do that, I want to pray for us. Okay, so if you would, bow your hands and pray with me. Heavenly Father, it is such a joy and an honor to be able to call you our Father. God, I know that there are many people here that have really, really poor examples of what a father means, but you have never, ever shown yourself as a poor example. You are the example of fatherhood. You are perfect in every way. You keep every promise. You never disappoint. You never let down, and you do everything to make us more like your son, Jesus Christ, whom we are co-heirs with and have all the inheritance in the spiritual realms for us. You've given us every spiritual blessing, God. And so I want to specifically pray for fathers right now. I pray for dads that are afraid of failure. God, would you help them to fear nothing but you? Let that fear dissipate and run away. Let them see that their trust in you can destroy all fear. Fear comes from the enemy. But God, you created it for something good. You created it for us to recognize your power and your goodness. Father, I pray for dads that feel regret. Whether regret from a long time ago or regret that's happening right now, God, would you help them to see that you redeem in all things? Even if that means a future that seems so far from us, this life is a vapor, God. You are about redemption. For single dads, whether widowers or for any other reason, God, we pray for grace. Would you fill in the gap that is felt when doing this on your own? Please remind them that they have brothers and sisters and family that you've, you've grafted in, you've adopted in, that they can rely on. God, I want to pray for the dads that just aren't present. Would you help them to see the value of your calling 
to be a father? Would you help them recognize that there's more than just providing for kids, but there's actually being present and leading them in the way they should go? Speaking of that, God, I want to pray for dads that aren't leading their home. Father, please give, please help them submit to your leading on their life. Help them to love like Christ loves, a sacrificial love. God, for those who desire so badly to be dads but aren't yet, Father, would you please help them to submit to you? Would you please help them to trust you in your timing and your goodness? Help them to focus more on you than their desires of what they want from you, God. For the dads that only provide financially, God, would you give them a perspective for the time that's being missed in only providing financially? For expecting dads or new dads, God, would you give them peace knowing that you are their strength and they don't have to do this alone? It is pride that says that we do this alone. It is humility that costs us to work together. Father, I pray for those that have had or have right now abusive dads. God, would you restore? Would you restore an area where no child should ever feel that? From a father, God, would you remind them that you are a father that would never do that to them? But would you restore there, God? Do what only you can do. God, I pray for the dads that are empty nesters. Help them to trust your leading on their kids' lives. Help them to not find value in only what they were doing as a father, but finding their identity, their true identity in you. Lord, I pray for dads that don't have the support of their wives, either spiritually or present. God, would you please grab the hearts of these women in their way that only you can. Let these moms see you working in their hearts. Lord, I pray for dads that are comparing. Help them see themselves fearfully and wonderfully made. Help them to identify their worth and identity as children of you. Help them to be the dads that you already created them to be and the strength that you've already given them to be. I pray for dads that are messing up or have messed up in huge ways. God, would you please help them to trust that you are a redeemer. Help them to do the hard work to stay present and submitted to you in that process, Lord. Father, we pray for those that have lost dads. Holy Spirit, please comfort like you promised to do so. Comfort in a way that only you can. Comfort in a way that you promised. Lord, we pray for dads that have children that have walked away from relationship with them. Lord, would you do what only you can do and restore and reconcile. And Lord, we pray for dads who have unbelieving children. God, would you bring these prodigals home. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.